This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding a Frequency. I'm Ryan Treasure, Jeff Spinard's out in the world trying to take it all over. As you know, media mogul, Mr. Spinard, our president and CEO, uh, always out there trying to make cool things happen for Voice America. Uh, again, thank you guys for tuning in to Finding a Frequency this week. Uh, you know, we always try to bring you guys a fresh perspective on uh, all sorts of topics uh, that are near and dear to everyone's heart. Uh, and, and, and we're not stopping today. We got another fantastic interview with uh, a guest for you guys today we're going to talk about you know so everybody's favorite subject as i would imagine would be like food right and entertaining and having a good time and you know maybe even a little bit of wine and all that good stuff and so if you like to hear about that stuff then stay tuned if you don't well stay tuned anyways because i'm sure the story is going to be fantastic so today we have a fantastic guest joining us today chef crystal dameron she's the owner of reward your appetite catering a fine dining catering company committed to providing exquisite culinary dishes with exemplary service we all know that when you go out to eat you can ruin the entire thing by having bad service i was at olive garden uh, over the weekend i went with my wife because we had a gift card and so i like free food so gift card it is so we go to we go there and my wife orders a steak and you know it comes to the table and for me there's no other way to have a steak but medium rare right so you order the steak medium rare comes to the table and how is it cooked medium well Oh, so we have to send it back, right? And then the waitress comes over and she says, well, I'm sorry that your steak wasn't cooked right. We're not a steakhouse. And my comment to her was, then why do you have steak on the menu? So we're going to talk to Crystal a little bit about that. Uh, Of course, everybody likes to eat. Crystal spent more than 20 years in corporate finance before redesigning her life around family and passion and entertaining. Uh, She has a bachelor's of liberal arts and master's of business administration. Got to love that MBA from the University of Illinois at Urban uh, champagne. She graduated with honors uh, and then also went to the Arizona Culinary Institute. And all you guys uh, know that we're from Arizona. I'm a native of Arizona. I've been here my whole life. Uh, Jeff's been here for, I don't know, umpteen number of years, moved out here from the East Coast. So again, we've got a great treat, get to talk about food and then also get to talk to somebody who's right here in our own backyard. Chef Crystal, welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's so exciting to have you on. Uh, You know, one of my favorite topics to talk about is food. I love to eat. I love to cook. Um, I'm not so much about entertaining, though, you know, so uh, let's... uh we got to work on that. I know. Let, let's kind of <laughs> let's go back to the beginning, though. You know, finding a frequency yeah. is, you know, about the journey. It's about, you know, kind of following your passions and, 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 and getting in uh, nitty gritty, you know, in the opener, uh, you know, in our promo. One of the things that we say is it's not about content and code. It's about uh, gaining the intestinal fortitude to to ask the questions and go do something about your passion. So tell us about your passion. My passion right now is about bringing entertaining, bringing elegance back to your dining experience, essentially. And what I mean by that is that we are so busy in life. We have kids, we have jobs, we have all the activities we have to go run and do, but we do need to stop and plan and smell the roses. And one of the ways we can do that is through our entertaining experiences. And so instead of just, you know, Uh, running here or there to say, okay, I'm going to grab this and grab that. I want you to actually stop and plan. 
take the time out, put your guests in you know, the forefront. How do you want to entertain? How can I up-level this experience? Because I guarantee you when your guest comes to your home for your party and they see this elegant setting, this beautiful atmosphere, they're automatically engaged. The cell phones go away. They're looking for what's next. And then the next part of that is thinking about what you want to serve. For me, people say, well, Crystal, what's your favorite cuisine as a chef? And I tell them all the time, it's not about the cuisine for me, but it's about starting with quality ingredients. Because when you start with quality ingredients, you have an excellent result. And yes, there's some technique that has to happen there, but those fresh ingredients are what's really important. And then bringing all that together with games and socialization so that you can sit down and relax. And people say, well, Crystal, how can I do all this? And I'm the host and I can never get a chance to enjoy the, you know, the event. Well, that's when you have to take the time and say, okay, well, what do I need to make this event successful? Do I have to hire a service team to come and take care of all of the cleaning and the preparation or passing of the hors d'oeuvres? So again, that I'm sitting down engaging with each one of my guests so that I can create those lasting memories for a lifetime. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you say lasting memories too. Whenever I think of, you know, entertaining or, you know, whether I'm at somebody else's house or I have somebody over at, at my house, um, you know, those those memories that you create during that experience are some of the fondest things I remember with a lot of colleagues and friends. And, you know, it seems like we get into the most interesting discussions when you're just kind of like, you know, hanging out in the kitchen, chit chatting over a glass of wine and, you know, talking about, you know, things that you've done, things you want to do. And, you know, that atmosphere uh, is, it's fantastic. And it's, it's really hard, you know, for me, I'm not, I'm not a fancy kind of person by any means. And so, you know, when I entertain, it's like, you know, not not quite the same probably as you do what what do you do to get really ready to be more fancy i guess and and be more uh more exquisite in your delivery right uh, my wife and i are uh we have uh, we always laugh with each other uh we were at a restaurant one time and a guy brings like a mug of uh, uh not a mug it was a drink that they made at the bar and uh they're very you know fancy drinks and the guy sets it down and he looks at my wife and he goes how's the presentation on that Right. And it's because the drink was like really cool. And so every time my wife and I see something that's really cool, we look at each other and we say, how's the presentation on that? So how do you get that uh, uh, from from your from from your events to be exquisite and get that type of feedback? Exactly. And so that's a great question, Ryan. And again, like I started before, it starts with planning. It truly does. If you have to put in the time to think about what type of end result do I want to have? So. When you're doing that planning process, you know, you're thinking about um, is that do I want to go with a theme? Do I want just a simple elegance? I'm not going to necessarily bring out paper plates. I am <laughs> going to bring out the china. I am going to bring out the glass stemware. I'm going to bring out real flatware. And those are simple elegance that you already have that makes a difference when a person comes to your um, to your gathering. To give an example of that, I hosted um, an event for a friend of mine, and she was doing a test environment, and we were you know going through the planning stage, and she was telling me, Crystal, you don't need to bring out your china. Um, this is just for a test environment. And I told her, absolutely not. If we're going to test it, we're going to test it the correct way. And sure enough, when her guests came, when they came, 
the first thing that they noticed is that she had real china there you know and they were like oh my gosh so when they drink a, you know their coffee or their tea from that teacup one of the guests actually you know commented and said Oh, I'm so glad you have this here. Right. Just those small notes make a yeah, difference. And you were saying too, like you guys were just kind of practicing, but I mean, if you, you know, uh, put it into, I'm, I, 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 I like, I listen to sports all the time, but I mean, it's a very similar analogy, right? Like if you go to football practice and you don't practice as hard as you're going to play in the game, then you're not going to be as good as you need to be come game time. Right. So you gotta, exactly. you gotta, you gotta bring it <laughs> even in practice. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> And, and her, my girlfriend's comment was like, thank you, Crystal, for actually, you know, considering that. So she teases me every now and then, <laughs> but she appreciates it as well. Now, all right, I told you before, I'm not fancy. I don't even, I don't even have, I don't have China. I just have regular, I have plates. I don't eat off of paper plates, but I have plates, you know, that I bought mm-hmm. at the store. But I don't have like fancy China. What, uh, you know, what would you say to somebody who, you know, maybe just wants to get started with, a, you know, an easy to manage, inexpensive kind of entryway to having some uh, upgraded platters for uh, entertaining? The same thing applies, whether you have fine china or you have everyday china. It's still taking that time to do those things. Again, stepping away from the quick and easy, you know, um, access to things. If you have everyday China, you bring it out. You just make sure it's all symmetrical. And if it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to match, but you have to lay it out in such a way where the pattern looks appealing. Like I love square plates. Yes, I do too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, no, and you're right. So when I set up my table, like, and so my house kind of has this, um, uh, like uh, bamboo Asian kind of theme to my house. And, and so we have, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of, you know, uh, like uh, uh, Chinese writing and different scrolls and stuff. And and, mm-hmm. um, and we love uh, uh, flowers. And so my wife has all these really cool pictures of, um, you know, like orange blossoms and, you know, those types of things. And so we did that with our uh, with with uh, with our plates and stuff, too. So I have these black square plates that have a bamboo strip down the middle of them. Um, and they're not fancy. I think I got them at Walmart. But when you when you set them all up and they're all symmetrical, right? And you have them, you know, all placed exactly. out. It does look really nice. So it does. I agree. I agree. And that's exactly what I'm saying. It's those small touches, just a simple arrangement on the table. And then you go and add those small accent pieces to it to bring out the or overall napkins. Theme. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I always now, thought that was interesting. Now, if you do origami, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I could make a paper airplane. I don't know about a paper airplane, Ryan. <laughs> I guess it depends on what the theme of your dinner was, right? If you're having some pilots over for dinner, then you could yeah. make paper airplane napkins. Well, maybe not paper airplanes, but we can take some napkins, some cloth napkins. This is how you would bring a little elegance okay. to it. Take the same idea, get some cloth <laughs> app napkins and actually steam them and press them into that airplane. And wow, there you go. Yeah, I wasn't actually talking about making a paper airplane because that would just be silly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so as we as we talk about, you know, having that elegance kind of starting with, you know, your placement and, you know, the way that things are kind of laid out and, and how they look uh what about the the food portion? How do you, how does one go about saying, all right, well, I know kind of what my, my theme, my styling is going to be like, you know, I have these plates and these stemware and these, these dishes and everything looks fantastic, but you want to make sure that you have a nice uh, blend and transition from different courses to the other. And, and where, where do you get inspiration for figuring out like what, 
uh, appetizer is going to go well with the main entree that pairs over to the dessert and matching up the wine or beer or whatever the case may be. Like, where does one who has no knowledge on that get started in trying to, you know, get a bit more exquisite in that delivery? Now, I'm going to plug myself if you're okay with that. And this is a great segue <laughs> because I just wrote my first book, Entertaining and Celebrating an Elegant Feast for Every Season. See, I told you and I'd I set you up. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I say that is because from that point on, in addition to the setting and everything you talked about, um, there's not one source that I've found so far where you have a beautiful tablescape a fully core, a four course menu item planned out with you with wine pairings and cocktail pairings and a way to serve it. And for that novice entertainer who wants to do this, it can get overwhelming to go on the internet and look for different things. And then after a while they decide, okay, I'm not gonna do it. With my book, it gives it to you in one stop shop. And so you say, well, how do I get started? That's what us guys need, uh, we need the one stop shop. Cause you're right. I mean, yeah. I, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do this cool thing and I'm gonna make dinner and I have friends over. And then I do, I start scouring the internet and then I'm like, Oh man, I've been on here for an hour. I still don't have any, exactly. I, I still don't have an outcome. And then by that time I'm like, Hey, uh, Hey honey, can, can you just do this for me? Because I totally am going to screw it up. <laughs> yeah. All right. People say, okay, I don't have time for this. I'm not going to do it at all. Okay. Exactly. And so what the book does, it gives you that starting point. And so you say, well, how do I put this together? Well, I give you an, an appetizer and I've already done that hard work for you as a chef. I've looked at, you know, you know, for different seasons in this particular case, I did it by season and each each season has a monthly theme, but it also gives so you the what opportunity. Would, what, would, what would be one for like, what, what would be one for now, like for spring? What would be an, an example of that? What would a menu look like for spring? And so we're in March right now. And some of the things that I kind of brought together in my book, I started it out with chocolate chip scones with a hazelnut glaze, creamy shrimp double eggs with a sriracha creamed fresh. Um, for the first course, I start with a rainbow fruit salad with a vanilla citrus dressing, French onion soup with a gruyere crostini for the main course. I have mini uh, cauliflower or gratin on butter lettuce, roasted red potatoes with gorgonzola compound butter, broccoli and bacon quiche, microgreens, mini cucumber sandwiches with tuna tartare, and a grilled ribeye steak with butternut squash, white truffle butter. And to close it out with dessert, I have almond shortbread cookies with a chinchilla whipped cream sauce, and a chocolate mousse with contro and raspberries. Oh, chocolate mousse. I know it right. is delicious. So what would you, uh, in, in that respect, um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking a nice white wine, right? With, with, uh, especially with the shrimp in the beginning with the sriracha has got a little bit of spice. Uh, how close am I? You're not too far off. So when I paired the, 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 the appetizers with, I did a champagne, strawberry champagne punch. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a saumonier, but I play one on television. <laughs> <laughs> and then for the first course, you're spot on. I did a Chardonnay. Okay, yeah. Yes. And then for the main course, because we have multiple different items there, I did a Pinot. Okay, yeah. No, that's a good pairing, too. And, of course, I like wine, so... Um. Yes, I do too. And then to close it out, I did a sparkling Riesling. Ah, yeah. Nice yeah. little sweeter touch. Yes. To yeah. go with that chocolate mousse. 
Yes, that would go fantastic. That that oh, I'm, now I'm hungry. Now, now, now I need some chocolate mousse and some wine. <laughs> so how long has your book been out? It actually is, we're in pre-order phase right now. Okay. It actually launches on May 31st this year. Ah, just in time for the Memorial Day weekend. Oh, yes. Awesome. Excited about that. So, yeah, if you order now from my website, which is on Reward Your Appetite Catering, you actually can get a free gift from me, and you'll get a signed copy upon launch. So that is fantastic. So you guys definitely go check that out. I have, I have another question for you, though, because I think this mm-hmm. is probably one of the most important things, right, as you – uh, as, as we think about like our professional lives and our careers and, you know, everybody yeah. loves food and we love entertaining and meeting and mixing and mingling and, you know, uh, but how do you maintain like balance around all of that? You know, because you have like, I got to go to work. I got to go do this. I want to, I want to entertain friends. I want to stay in, in communication, you know, with colleagues and clients uh, and all of that. But how do you, how do you, you know, balance all of that out and still find time to, you know, take a nap? Or, or have some me time for an hour, right? Yes, that is a challenge. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> trying to figure that out today, Ryan. But I ha- what helps me is I do have a team. And when you're, because this is my first time, like I said, I'm launching my own company, where I've launched my own company. And, um, but I realized I can't do it myself. So I had to really sit down and think about my strengths mm-hmm. and what I can bring to the table and where do I need help? And so because I have, I'm a mom of two girls, they're eight and four, so they keep us active. My husband is very supportive. And, but I had to also put together a team for the company to help take care of social media, to help take care of communication leads, publicity, um, the day-to-day activities. I have an assistant. And so all of those people work with me to help make that balance work. Um, without that, I think it would be very difficult, if impossible, to do it if you just had to rely on self. So where did your passion for food come from? Oh, I have to say it always came from home. Okay. Um, we have a very strong matriotic family, and my granny was the center of it when she was here with us. And so she was an excellent cook. And uh, the way my family was structured, she had six girls. Uh, My mother was the eldest of the six girls, but granny was the one who ran the household. (laughs) Um, At one point, we were all together. And then as my aunts and my mom got more seasoned in their careers, you know, we started to break apart. But that initial nucleus was just me, my cousins, my aunts, my grandmother, and she made the bounty for every day, you know, for all of us every day. Wow, that's a lot of work too with that many people. My mom comes from a similar family. There's like uh, 10 of them in their family, but my grandma wasn't the cook. She did, it was my great grandmother who was the really good cook. And so awesome. my, my mom learned all of her skills for my great grandmother. Uh, and yeah, that's very similar to how our household is. Like great grandmother was like, I mean, you talk about, you talk about like the most fantastic cooks, like people just don't do it like that anymore. You know, everybody's in such a hurry. They throw some stuff mm-hmm. in the microwave or whatever, you know, and I remember uh, my, my family's from Idaho. I remember taking trips when I was a kid to Idaho and going to my grandma Wheeler's house and, you know, she's in the kitchen and she's making like fresh raspberry preserves from raspberries she picked that morning. And, you know, uh, so going back to an earlier statement that you made about, you know, having fresh ingredients, um, yes. you know, raw, fresh foods. I, I agree. They absolutely, uh, 
uh, take the cake. They taste they're, better. They're, you know, they're so much better. I mean, that's why, you know, I, I garden. I have uh, actually I just planted recently because we finally got past our cold snap so I could plant some stuff. Um, you know, so I have uh, cucumbers going. I have watermelon and all those, you know, types of things. And uh, my wife makes salsa. And so we have uh, all of the ingredients that she uses to make salsa. We grow all of those except tomatoes because tomatoes are expensive to grow and really inexpensive to buy at the store. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, yeah, but you know, all of that stuff we grow on our own and it's just, it's been, it's been a fantastic experience to be able to have, you know, those fresh uh, vegetables and all that fresh food in front of us. It is. And when you think about that, um, the importance of it, you can see that trend, you know, taking place in our society on a regular basis. Um, what, what I do laugh about though, is just like you said, my granny had a garden. We used to go out there and pick it, come home, you know, bring it into the house and make it. Yeah. And now in order to have that same experience, I now have to pay a premium for it. Yep. It's called organic. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I, still shocked by that. Yeah. And I, I, I so appreciate, um, you know, the, the family camaraderie that, you know, families of, of those types have. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that my mom lives here in Arizona. And so I, you know, when we go over there, my daughter gets to learn, uh, you know, direct from grandmother, the way that, you know, they did it back when, you know, they were growing up and my mom has a huge backyard. I just planted it her, her garden as well. And hers is like, hers is one of those self-sustaining gardens like she doesn't have to go to the store if she needs a vegetables or anything to eat like you know other than like a protein some meat or chicken or whatever it is right you know she gets that from the store but all the vegetables i mean she goes out she's got her garden she cans everything you know she's got beans and all this stuff from last season canned and all this and you know um it's just such a wonderful experience for like my daughter to be able to you know experience that as well and, and go through that process and that is true because that is what happened to me because of the way my granny uh, ran her garden, she had a very self-sustaining garden as well. I didn't appreciate it so much when I was younger. I mean, yes, she would bring us into the kitchen and we would have to learn some things because my granny was very traditional and old fashioned to some degree with style. However, those impressions left a remaining, you know, left an imprint on me. So now when I'm in this point in my life and I'm ready to make a transition from corporate to being an entrepreneur and wrapping that entrepreneurship around culinary, that is where it came from. Right. And so it's not a foreign you know, concept for me to go and do culinary because it was such, it was there all the time. That's awesome. If that makes sense. So, you know, uh, Chef Dameron, what is next? What is, what is your next thing you're going to do? What's on the horizon for, for you? So right now, what we're trying to do, our main focus is to launch the book, to get past this launch, get past the launch event, and to continue to grow sales in that space. As we continue, you know, see progress there, um, hopefully my catering business will open up next year. That is where my shift will go into, and that's doing fine dining catering um, for party from two to 25 and the reason I keep it small is because I love that quality that intimacy and when you start to grow too big you lose some of that yep. especially when it comes around food oh and yeah so you, you I, oh you're you hit the nail on the head right there with the food um you, you yeah. you're right like I, I to barbecue is a perfect example like you you can make barbecue really well in small increments but you can't make it yeah. really well in large increments like you can't smoke 700 pounds of meat right and expect it to come out like the perfectly cared for two pound chub <laughs> exactly exactly and so when you take and that is my point and so when you take that experience 
and now you keep it in that nice intimate setting from two to 25, you can still deliver to individuals that level of quality that you want them to have so that they can enjoy, you know, enjoy the taste and the, the reverence of that dish that they just you know, experienced. Wow. Yeah. You're hundred percent. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, I appreciate all of your time before we go, uh, let the listening audience know where can they get the book when it's out in May? Yes. They, again, they can go to my website, rewardyourappetite.com and you click on it and you just click, you know, order book and there you go. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chef Dameron. You guys don't forget to go check out the website again, rewardyourappetite.com. And of course, if you want to connect on social media, facebook.com forward slash rewardyourappetitecatering, twitter.com forward slash RYA catering, and of course, instagram.com forward slash rewardyourappetite. And if you're in the local Phoenix uh, metropolitan area, make sure you give uh, uh, Chef Dameron a call. She'll come out and make your two to 25 person event extremely special. Uh, Chef Dameron, thank you again for being on Finding Your Frequency. Thank you so much, Ryan. I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me here today. We appreciate it. Guys, check out the uh, the podcast. We're all over anywhere you can get podcasts, Google Play, uh, Spotify, all those fun places, iTunes and all that. Make sure you give us a five-star rating because five stars are better than four. And uh, check us out on our website, findingafrequency.net. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Radio Ryan 1 and Jeff at, at Jeff Spinney 2. Again, thank you for tuning in. Finding a Frequency right here on voiceamerica.com. 